Welcome, everybody, to Suck It. I am the great and powerful king of kings, prince of all that is awesome, Derek. How the fuck is everybody today on this Tuesday, November 10th of the horrible year that is 2020? Those things are a little bit different tonight. Want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because my fucking computer wants to be an asshole. So, I'm on my phone. Thankfully, StreamYard allows that. So, you know, it is what it is. You see my nice little green screen in the background. Once uh, my computer's done, we'll uh, be able to move to the computer. But you know what? It's all fine and dandy. I can hear my guest just fine. He can hear me just fine. And, you know, things are a little bit different for now. This has happened before because, you know, the lovely loveliness of technology and everything else in between but you know what it is what it is so but we're here we're gonna make the best of it and do what we do best and that's laugh talk music and overall just have a great fucking day so why don't we get to it so tonight my guest is from the band black suit youth who just released a new song which is pretty fucking badass and I am so stoked to talk to the gentleman that's with me today. So let's just get right to it. So from the band Black Suit Youth, please welcome Brian. Add to stream. There you are. Hey. What's up, What's up everybody? What's up, everybody out there? Thanks a lot for having me, Derek. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem, man. No problem. Sorry that uh, we were having a little bit of technical difficulties. It's all good. It looks good though. You look like you're about to be in a fistfight video on World Star now. It's awesome. You know, it gives you more street cred. It's all good, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I got the, you know, that's a good thing. My S9 kill shirt already has a little bit of blood on it. So yeah, there you go. A little bit more badass. That's a cool <laughs> band. I feel like a lot of people don't know about either. Like, you know, they're, I know they're they're big. You know, they're like on oh, like Ozfest and shit like that, right? But like, I don't think they get the props they deserve. They're pretty good, you know. They do not. And honestly, they're one of my favorite bands of today and i've seen them shit between 2018 and 2019 i saw them four times in concert um including their headlining show last year when they were doing the octane accelerator tour um from sirius xm yeah man let me just tell you what dude they put on just one of the best fucking shows that i've ever seen um you know i've been a fan of them since 2016 when they came out um, with one of their one of their bigger records, and then in 2018 when uh, the Silver Scream came out, I just was like, "I'm done. This is great. Nice. Yeah, they're fantastic." But we're not here to talk about Ice Nine. <laughs> <All good. laughs> we're here to talk about you guys and how things are going with you guys, and you know, because you know, again, and I've talked to you know a couple of different bands, um, a couple, a bunch of different bands about this exact same subject. And it's really cool to kind of get a perspective on it from different angles. Um, you know, 
you guys just released some new music and like a lot of other indie bands, I mean, yeah, you are signed to a label, but it's, you know, not one of the bigger labels. Um, you know, a lot of the big labels and the big bands, such as your A7Xs and your, you know, you know, your Taylor Swifts and everybody else in the world aren't releasing music every Friday now. So when you guys release, you know, something or another indie artist releases something, they're, you're not competing with the, the big bands right now because they rely on touring to support that music. But you guys are just like, fuck it, we're going to support our fans. Fuck the touring because we can't do it anyway. Might as well at least play some music in a studio and get it out in front of our fans. It, you know, what was the mindset behind, you know, doing that for you guys? I mean, it's interesting. We recorded this album pre-COVID, so we had it good to go. We, re we wrote it over last summer. We went down to Atlanta and tracked it. And uh, we were able to do some finishing touches up here because I just when uh, I would have gone back to finish some vocals and whatnot is when the whole pandemic really broke in like March. So I kind of got, you know, sidelined and stuck up here. So we were able to complete it up here and that was fine. And then we just had to sit on it, you know, <laughs> like because we had to figure out what are we going to do? How long is this thing going to be? I'm at a feeling that this was going to be I still think it's going to go on for the next three years. I don't know. Like I don't see any return to normal anytime soon. So we wanted to at least get our hat in the ring and do something. And initially I've, I've been stuck in my apartment in New York. I couldn't even see the band, you know, the first couple of weeks when it was really rough. So I kind of yeah. got on Instagram when everybody started doing that live thing. And I started taking acoustic requests and just started ruining people's favorite songs and shit. And it was a lot of fun. You know, I was getting a lot of feedback <laughs> on it and shit. You know, I was doing, people's favorite songs. I, like that. I was doing things I had no business attempting, but it was fun. Sure. I'll do Bob Dylan. I'll do Guns N' Roses. I'll do the wallflowers. I'll, I got so many nineties, one hit wonders. I couldn't even, I didn't even remember, but it was really great, like reliving a lot of them, you know. But uh, you know, and then finally we were able to start hanging out again, jamming again, getting, you know, you get rusty when you when you don't play, you know, for three seasons almost, you know. And we would have been on tour. We would have been at the very least in the in, you know, doing New England and Jersey and PA and like the, the surrounding area for a single release, you know what I mean? Like yeah. So we didn't do anything. We had an outdoor driving gig booked on Halloween the day before, and then it was just horrendous weather, so we had to postpone it. The week yeah. before that, we did do a live stream. Like we're friends with this band, Shifley. They've got a pretty, uh, pretty technologically cool setup in their backyard, and it was still warm enough that we were able to do it the week before. And uh, so that was a blast. And shout out to Shifley. They got a song out today called "Rich Kids" that just dropped. It's killer stuff. But um, yeah, it's been weird. It's just, I think everyone's just navigating these new waters, you know, uh, and just trying to figure out what to do. I mean, it's from it's not just it is the, the majors too. It's everybody. I mean, even the day our song released, tons of other artists I follow on Spotify all drop stuff too. So you know, which is good. I think it's good to go there and then be able to ping around to a bunch of different things. You know, I wish there was a more collaborative feature to Spotify since they're basically trying to be the Facebook of music anyway. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that was a thing too, because that's one of the things that, you know, you know, kind of, you know, dumbs down Spotify. Um, I definitely wish it was more collaboration, you know, availability with that. Because you you know, because it's it's um it again, the music is all about collaboration. Music is all about, you know, you know, unity and you know, unification and you know brotherhoods and sisterhoods and everything else in between. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, might as well, right? 
Yeah, I mean, certainly, I think the music was at its best, the underground scene in like the mid 2000s when you had MySpace and whatnot, where you were able to disseminate without all these gatekeepers and whatnot. And then kind of Facebook latched on and took that and then kind of monetized it in a way that it squeezed out the little guy. And I feel like Spotify is going in that direction. Eventually, Spotify is just going to be a video podcasting platform anyway, I think. And then where are we going to be for music? Are we going to be on background music on Twitch or something? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like. Oh, now we're back gallivanting through the cosmos. All right. Nice. There we go. Yeah. Star Trekking now, man. <laughs> All right. Now I feel better about myself. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, you're you're not wrong there. I mean, at all. You know, I just wish, you know, again, there was, you know, the way that, you know, there's no real, especially with Spotify, there's no real way to, you know, promote your music internally. And now, you know, even with Facebook, I mean... They are, they've done fucked indie artists because um, now they're like, you know, shutting streams down and music. You can't even upload music anymore. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's an obsolete platform. Even everyone's leaving. The conspiracy nuts are all going to this new platform. They're not even going to name because I don't want to give it any props or, or send anybody there. But, you know, you might have seen your feed got quieter. It's because people are leaving and they're joining, you know, something else these days. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, there's just... You know, is something else going to come along? Is music becoming so disposable that nothing is going to step into the void and replace it? And are bands only going to subsist on basically being a t-shirt company that happens to also make music, which what my good friend Colton and Sink the Ship calls himself, you know? like Yeah. It's tricky, you know? Yeah, and that's what I've been worrying about, too, because I've heard that a lot. You know, you know, a band that, you know, a t-shirt company that's, that makes music. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. And... That, you know, that kind of upsets me, but at the same time, I kind of get it. But if, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. That's, um, that's a tricky one for me. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, marketing people are always, you know, they're asking, you know, what are other things you can, you know, what are products you can assimilate into your band? You know, a band that's on our label, the Carolyn, they're selling coffee now, you know, they're, they're coffee barons, you know, <laughs> like, and, and that's cool, you know, like whatever, you know, I just... I haven't found anything that like speaks to me that I could get behind as far as like a product besides the music so far. You know what I mean? I've just kind of been focused on that. So we'll see uh, what the future holds for, you know, that kind of cross pollination, you know, like, yeah, I mean, there, I mean, there's other bands that have done, you know, I think, uh, I think it's a, a whiskey that Slipknot has. Oh yeah. Metallica um, has one. Dre's got yeah. headphones, you know, everybody's got something, you know? something, but at the same time, the music comes first. Yeah. It should, at least. Um, and, you know, if it's not coming first, what are you doing? I mean, what's it all about? You know, if you're just in it to make merchandise sales or if you're just in it to promote your tequila, Sammy Hagar, you know, what are you, you, know, what are you doing, you know? I guess you're trying to be Kiss. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the way it's always been, too. I mean, I don't know. Like, this is, this is the height of capitalism here. But, you know, until we start getting a lot of streams in, in less capitalist countries, you know, like, you know. I mean, how do you feel about the streaming stuff? I mean, I'd like it if it was more democratic. I feel like there are certain ways you, that you can get promoted on, on some of these platforms, but it comes from having that label money, that throwaway money that's 
throw it shit at the wall and see what sticks money that the indies don't have. And every time a new innovation comes along, it is quickly squeezed to death and monetized, you know, and that's why we're always jumping, you know, things get gobbled, you know, Vine was cool. I got gobbled by Instagram. They're, they pretty much took over Snapchat. They're going to get TikTok eventually, you know I mean? And all these things keep folding. You're looking for the new wave to surf to try to reach new people. And especially now when you can't just get in your van and play a VFW or play some dive bar or a backyard or wherever you got to do it, you know? And, you know, again, like, you know, as much as we'd like to do it, I do see some bands are going out there, but I'm concerned about doing a gig that's not outdoors. Even if it's only 20 or 30 people, I don't want to be included in a spreader event if the numbers are starting to uptick, you know? I don't want to put anyone else at risk either, you know? And it's like... Oh, yeah how much is it worth doing it versus, you know, obviously there is pressure. We have a new song out. You got to get the word out about it. And there's only so much I can tweet and how many stories we can make before people start unfollowing us because we're boring the fucking shit out of them too, you know? So there is a flip side to everything, you know? Yeah. And that's the, the, the strange thing about, you know, the Twitterverse or Instagram or Facebook, you know, you know, they could care less as far as, you know, what you're, what you're promoting. Yeah. All they care about is what is on your feed. And, and I find that odd. And let me give you an example. You know, so go to like Corey Taylor's page. If he just puts up a picture of the CMFT album, you know, the cover art for the CMFT album, he maybe gets, you know, 50 or 60,000 likes, but he puts up, the CMFT can't be stopped song. He gets 500,000 views and a hundred thousand more likes. You know, you put up something on your Instagram page about, Hey, you know, I'm going to be on sucker podcast tonight and you might get, you know, a hundred, 200 likes, but you put up a, a picture of the band or just a, a quick little 30 second clip of something and then it gets a ton of views. Yeah. They're they're they care about what's available to them on that platform right then and there. And if they have to go anywhere else, they don't care about it. And it's yeah. it's it's weird. And it's also weird too. You have to surf the algorithm. Like you can put up something awesome. Like you put up a new video that you spend a lot of time on and you know people are gonna dig it and it's killer. And it doesn't get so many hits because all week you weren't putting up stupid little posts and stuff to like keep drawing people into your page because if they're liking it, you're going to get in the front of their face, you know? And you can easily, look, you have 3,000, 10,000 followers, but all those people don't see you in their feed. They really don't unless you engage with them and they leave you comments and whatever. And it's like, who has the fucking time to devote to this shit? You know, I mean, the labels, I can hire people to sit there and be basically human bots and do that. We don't because we have to work jobs in the meantime because we can't be on tour, you know, like I can't be driving around a 16 foot box truck in the city doing delivery, trying to worry about texting about my band or I'm going to run over a cyclist. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. a dangerous thing. I got to be paying attention to what I'm doing. And the label, they, they support us. They do so much for us. They are an indie label. They don't have the resources to have more than a few people even coming up with ideas for hashtags and shout outs, you know? So again, you're always, it's against the grain and they're always like, you got to get the grassroots, but, but how do you do it? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It, fighting, you know? <laughs> yeah. The, the how it's still a question, you know, that still people are asking. You know, not everyone has the answers. Not everyone knows what's what what it is. And you know, 
there's geniuses out there, I mean, that still can't even figure out the algorithm. I, I don't even think Zuckerberg understands yeah. his own algorithm. I mean, and then they change it every day. Like, you know, we did for the release of The World is Almost Over. We gave out 110, like, T-shirts to people that, you know, that, that were down with it and been with us for a long time or, or just, like, you know, just getting them out to them. And the idea was everyone's going to post it on that day with the hashtag and start to populate so that we started getting a little bit of traffic drawing towards that hashtag. And then of course it was the week before the election, so they cut off all hashtag population yeah. to avoid verbal fraud. So you don't know what you're you never know what's gonna happen. And you know, it fell flat. So that's just how it works, you know, sometimes, you know. Yeah, I think but if I'm the, not mistaken, the uh the hashtags are still turned off right now. Yeah. But it was so beautiful to see awesome photos of all these cool people wearing the shirt and doing it in cool, funky ways and stuff. Like people did some really creative stuff with it. So that was awesome. And, uh, you know, really appreciate that we can even ask people to do that and that they'll do it. You know, like that's always the coolest. When like, I get a crazy idea, I'm like, hey, can you guys all get behind me and try this? And then people do it. It's wild, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and, and like you said before, you had this song and this, you know, this album done before the pandemic. Yeah, it was and like. Then, <laughs> and then it was like, it was, it was, um, you know, boom, it came. And then this song just really, really, you know, fit. Yeah, and it, it worked. I mean, look, it's terrible that it worked out, but it worked out in such a way that the city was empty. The New York City was depopulated. It was boarded up because there had been looting and riots and stuff and clashes with the police and whatnot. And there was you know, all sorts of history happening there. And it allowed it that I could go in there on a Sunday afternoon and there was literally like maybe seven or eight people in Times Square. Normally, you're going to have seven or 8,000 at each freaking intersection at any point, yeah. you know? So to literally have just a dearth of human beings in there. It was crazy, you know, like, so then we had that and then just, uh, then just everybody was collaborative on it. You know, my guitar player fed works in PPE and, is, and he was able to get a bunch of, uh, a bunch of like, you know, the, uh, the, the, the gloves and the nitrile gloves and we filled them up with helium and had them floating around. And I found this smoke machine I had when I was like a DJ 20 years ago with the same fluid in it. It probably gave us all mesothelioma, but it looks awesome. Like in the, in the screen with us all in the smoke and whatnot. Yeah, it does. So, uh, I mean, it was just something I was able to throw together. You know, my wife has a really great camera, so she was able to, you know, to shoot it. It was really great. You know, like it worked out perfectly. Yeah. I mean, watching that video and then even seeing videos of other people who have walked Times Square when there was only seven or eight people there, dude, it was like, it was some of the trippiest shit I've ever seen. Like, what movie was it? Um, that movie with um, Keanu Reeves and oh, the Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate. Yeah, that's yeah. what it was like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you. I mean, Keanu Reeves standing in the middle of the Times Square and just there's nobody yeah. there. And they've done it in other movies too, but that one that was the one that just kept popping in my mind. And like Times Square was even with seven or eight people was busy compared to being over in like parts of like the West Side or Chelsea or like other neighborhoods where like it was no one. Like it was tumbleweeds, man. Like it was wild, you know? Yeah. You know, the city that never sleeps, sir as fuck went to sleep back in March. Yeah. But I gotta say, it's interesting. I was back in Times Square maybe like three weeks ago. Uh we a good friend Rachel and I just went out for some drinks. Uh we just Actually, went after drinks. We bought them at Trader Joe's and drank them in Bryant Park because you can drink in the streets now without getting harassed. And it was awesome. And we decided just to take a walk over there. And, you know, people have returned. But a lot of, like, all the Broadway shows are closed and everything. And what's kind of returned is it reminds me of, like, the 90s again where there's, like, kids skateboarding again and people doing tricks. I mean, there's nobody with a three-card Monty table or anything like it used to be. But yeah. it's, like, pre-Disney now. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the M&M store isn't the guardian of, of, of the – 
of 42nd Street anymore. You know, like people were kind of doing what they used to do. And it was kids were just there because they had nothing else to do. And it, it just reminded me of, uh, you know, the way things kind of used to be. You know, it was cool. Cool throwback, you know? Yeah. Um, the last time I went to Times Square, Eminem wasn't even there. Um, last time I went to Times Square, Toys R Us was still there. Oh, yeah. It's been a bit then. <laughs> that was, yeah, it was 2004, 2005. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say they closed in like 2015, maybe, give or take. <laughs> um, 2015, yeah, I think it was what it was. 2016, yeah. But still, I mean, you know, I remember when I went there, I mean, it was middle of summer, hot as balls. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, but, you know, there was still just maximum amount of people on the streets. Yeah. You know, and I, I just, like, I can't even fathom what you were witnessing. You know, I saw it on, you know, YouTube and, you know, the news. Dude, even the fucking naked cowboy wasn't there. <laughs> no one. It was sick. What? <laughs> and, and, and the free the nipple women. They weren't there either. <laughs> oh, yes. The, uh... Oh, man. I can't even think of the Despacitas. I forgot they, was, they were called. Uh, I didn't see them either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they won, though. So I think they went, went yeah. home. <laughs> um, so... So then what is the plan for you guys now? I mean, are you guys still playing it by ear? Or yeah. You're just like, whatever, fuck it. Yeah, we're kind of know. like fishing around with what pops up. I know we're going to be going to Jersey just to do a live stream type thing where uh, we play live, but then it gets professionally recorded and edited. We were looking into, you know, when the album comes out, there's a, uh, a live stream show that we've done already in Brooklyn that we're looking to try to do again and stuff like that. Um, and just waiting, you know, like, it's hard to schedule things when, you know, look, the virus is in charge. Like, we're not. The virus is running the fucking show, and we've all kind of just got to react to the punches because it's the one winning the game. So we got to really just, as much as we can plan and try to plot things, we got to be loose that we might have to cancel things too because, hey, you know, you just don't know how this is going to go. You know, there's hope with this vaccine now, but half the country's anti-vaxxers and won't take it anyway. So, I mean, I still know what's going to happen, you know? Like, yeah. Um, does, you know, what's it, two weeks ago when California announced Aftershock, did that give you guys any hope at all? Or are you still kind of like, uh, we don't know. I don't even know what that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was, was, what was the Aftershock or the Aftershock festival? The one they do in, in California every year. Oh, um, oh yeah. I, I don't know. Like, again, I feel like the festivals have to start booking for the summer and whatever. Now that's what they do. And they're going to do that stuff. Like they did last year, you know, we'll wait and see, you know, um, a lot of band, some of the bands label were going to Germany to play on, on a boat and they all got canceled, you know, so we got to see, um, what pops up. I mean, you know, hopefully the song spreads and even maybe there'll be interest by then, you know, who knows, you know, like really we're just playing it by here, you know, just, uh, yeah. Just, just, and the song uh, is badass. Too. Thank you. I mean, yeah. I mean, I listened to it a couple times and I was like, well, this is just, it, it's got a good groove to it. Um, it's not overly punk. It's not overly rock. It's like, it, it's just, it's fucking groovy. It's just, nice. it's a, it's a really nice vibe. Appreciate it. Well, we've always been known as being too punk for the rock kids and too rock for the punk kids. So we're always kind of in that, that little stitch there. And we got to, we pick up the fringes where we can, you know, like, so, uh, if nothing else, we're consistent. So I appreciate that. <laughs> you know? Consistency matters. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I like no, to think I, yeah, we keep getting better and we keep putting out cooler songs. So, you know, like I appreciate it, you know, I mean, if you're not putting out better songs than you did before, then again, what's the point? Exactly. There isn't one. Yeah. I mean, and you guys are like, you, like I said, you guys have a, a good vibe. You have a good sound and I've, I've really enjoyed, you know, getting to know your music over the last couple of weeks. 
Thank you. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, when you guys were first putting this together, this album together, when was it? It was interesting because it was going to be a totally different concept. It wasn't even going to be an album. It was going to be, it was going to be like our seventh release, which we were going to release on seven, seven as two seven song EPs, seven and seven. That was like this whole concept we kind of had. And we had 25, uh, not 20, excuse me, we had 15 songs that we were going down to Atlanta to record. And then we kind of just, as this all happened, it wasn't going to be possible to complete them all. And, and as with anything else, with any project, you might, get in the studio and two or three things aren't tracking the way you wanted them to. So you push them to the next record or you leave them on the side. So it whittled down to being nine songs on the actual album and like an extra B side that was going to come out elsewhere, probably somehow and like a cover and whatever else that we finished. So we decided, all right, well now it's an album. Now it needs a title and an idea. And it was like, well, look what's happening. I guess the world is almost over. You know, I mean, at that very point, you know, it was when the George Floyd thing was popping off and the disease was in full gear and all the anti-mask people were protesting outside the lemon tree that they can't get a haircut. And it was just out of control, you know? And it was like, this is where we're headed now. And uh, it seems like in our bag of tricks now, it wasn't just even that song too. Besides the world's almost over, a couple of other ones really feel like they were being written that week too. And I mean, I guess from my point of view, things had been on a decline for a little while. Things were getting pretty wild in this country and worldwide. And I just think they, if you start calling attention to things, you know, before they get worse, that's the idea to try to avert them and change it. But a lot of times it doesn't happen and things just do get worse. So this is where we are, you know? So it works out. You know? Exactly. Exactly. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break and I will be right back. Guys, have you ever wondered how you can help support the channel and also look fucking cool in the process? Go to the link down below, www.dckproductions.com forward slash shop to get the awesomest merch on the market today. Whether you just want to get one of our plain logos in one of our many different colors, or if you want to get one of our cool graphic tees that just are funny as hell choice is yours but definitely pick up your choice of any one of these shirts in any color any size any style that you choose at www.dckproductions.com forward slash shop or click the link in the bio thank you guys I used it as an opportunity to not only sell merch, but fix my camera at the same time. Nice. <laughs> for, some reason it, for some reason, it wasn't auto-focusing, so hopefully it's better now. Yeah, you got a little fuzzy in and out there. Yeah. Is, it, is it still there? Is it still fuzzy now? It's On, on my end, I mean, it could just be mine. Like, it, it's like pixelates no, for a second, and it's, it's tight. You know? It still is. God damn it. Yeah, you know what? Because you can really see it in the lettering when yeah. it starts to blur out. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. Tough. It's a fifteen hundred dollar camera, and I'm pissed. Ah. I need I need a camera. I need a camera person. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, um, there's no uh, mold growing in the lens. You know that's the worst. I don't oh <laughs> God, no! Please, no. Um, I don't know. I, I did a Zoom interview earlier on somebody else's show, and I had no issues. Just like I had no issues with my computer at that time either. But whatever. Oh, um, maybe it's, maybe it's from the maybe you just rebooted it. Maybe it's like just. You know, all the hamsters aren't on the wheel yet. It's still kind of going slow. Maybe it's interfacing weird. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But you know what? To be honest with you, I maybe get 20 to 30, you know, YouTube views anyway. 
where I get 45,000 downloads on, you know, podcasts. So I don't really care about the video. It's all about the audio quality anyway. <laughs> People watch it. Look, if you're watching videos on YouTube anyway, you don't care about video quality anyway, anyway. So it doesn't matter. That's true. Wait for the That's content, true. man. That's true. But, you know, the thing about it is my content is the exact same as it is on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere else. So it doesn't really matter to me. I think more people listen to me on the way to work and the way home and mowing the lawn than they do to sitting in their house going, oh, what's Derek talking about tonight? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm the same way. I mean, every now and then, if people are on that, I know I'll pop something on the TV or I'll watch the occasional Joe Rogan or Joseph Arthur or whatever podcast I've been like, yeah, if they have someone interesting, I'll put on the TV. But most of the time, yeah, it's it's in my headphones, it's in the car, you know. Yep. But that's that's the beauty of podcasting and beauty of music and the beauty beauty of like talk radio and all that other stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just have a, the the ability to be in someone's head and you don't have to be in somebody's eyes. Yeah. You know, and that's why you know, you know. Weird Al Yankovic, who's ugly as shit, is so popular. <laughs> oh, but he's so funny and he's so good. I he's mean, so good. More than that, you know, everyone who's popular and famous is a really, really good reason nine times out of ten. You know, like it's true. You know, yeah, that's true. That you know, and, but usually it's not. You know, like Rogan, he, he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, which I love about that guy. I, I hate his politics, but I love his his comedy and. Everything else in between, he just he just cracks me up. Yeah, but I also like that he gives everybody a platform too, whether he agrees with them or not, you know. And he can still meet everybody on that friendly. Hey, let's smoke a cigar and smoke some weed and drink and let's talk, you know. Like that's cool, you know. And kind of got to get back to that place where we don't we're not all sitting across, you know, the Thanksgiving table with with like you know a pocket knife ready to go, you know. Like, <laughs> um. Are you been watching my my Thanksgiving dinners at my house? Because that's how it yeah. feels sometimes. <laughs> Trust me, I know we can't talk about this, that, you know. I can't, you know. It's like, it's like, look, I don't think anyone here's a Nazi sympathizer. You know, we can, can we just eat the fucking stuffing and you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you bring up a good point too. I mean, just and we were just joking around, but like. Even, you know, outside of that dinner table where everyone just anxiously sitting on on the edge of their seat waiting for somebody to say something wrong, it, it's it's getting to the point now to where it's just out of hand. It's out of control. Yeah. I will say, I mean, there was this palpable tension in the city that I'd, like, never felt. Where it felt like, you know, anything could go off at any minute. Like, it was going to get wild. And then right after the election... It's like it just abated. Like the pressure wore off. Like just that it's over. Just like like it's like I think whether you're paying attention to it or not, it's so in the zeitgeist and it's so around you, compressing and swallowing up everything. That it's such an event that you know the world was literally watching it. You know what I mean? That like just having this over and behind us. I think whether people are still going to contest and fight about it, of course they are forever. But at least it's kind of at least you know that first step is done. Like we, 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 we lost our virginity. We don't have to be weird anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But unfortunately, you know, our country is so bass backwards as far as that kind of stuff goes. Because, you know, and it's, it's both parties. So I'm talking, I'm going to talk shit about both. You yeah. know, four years ago, it was, oh, you know, the Russians, the Russians, the Russians. He should have never won. You know, the re election was rigged. And the Republicans were all like, 
oh, well, guess what? Just fucking deal with it. He won. Y'all are just being sore losers. And now they're the ones saying the exact same thing. Oh, you know, Biden rigged the election. It was, you know, it was rigged in their favor. And it's like, and the, the Democrats are doing well, the exact same thing. It's the same thing when the it's Astros the beat whatever team in the World Series. Yeah, they weren't cheating. But that's how you win in America. You fucking cheat. <laughs> exactly. That's how you win in politics. That's how you win in the music industry. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's you just really so think. Bad. Yeah, I mean, come on. Take it back to the MySpace era. Everybody was buying streams to try to attract the fish. I mean, like, you know, it is what it is. Or or even worse with the Napster Do you think Tila Tequila really had that many followers? I mean, come on, like, you know, it's, it's what it is, you know? <laughs> see, now you see now, now I, I question that, <laughs> whether or not she really did. Um, no, she didn't. Um, yeah, because whatever happened to her? It's all smoke and mirrors, man. Like it, everything in the industry always has been, you know, it's music is the toughest thing. Cause it, it's like subjective, you know, and same with paintings, but at least if you sell one painting, you, you can make a bunch of money. Music. I gotta, I mean, the, the infinitesimal amount of streams an artist has got to do now, you know, and now supposedly Spotify is saying, Hey, we can have even less royalties with, for the chance of being promoted more. But if we get promoted more and the song fails, then we still get less royalty than it fails. So what, who wins? Only them, you know? Like, yeah, but even then, I mean, the royalties aren't that great to begin with. You no. know, I mean, from Spotify. I mean, it takes one song being played a million times to, to even raise $5,000. I mean, and even then, the percentage of songs that are making okay. it to that million streams are 1 in 2%. Yeah, plus Philly Art. You'll say we got a million streams. Doesn't mean we get a million dollars. You know, there's recuperation. <laughs> you know, like things got to be paid for. You know, <laughs> like things yeah. got fronted. You know, like so it's tricky. Yeah. So, you know, in this day and age, to where, you know, like you said earlier, you're too punk for the rock kids, and you're too rock for the punk kids. You know, where do you guys fit in in all of this? Where do you guys, where would you like to see a year from now, once everything goes back to normal, where would you like to see, you know, I think I'd love to be touring with opening for bad religion or something like like a like-minded band with like a similar sound, you know, where like, where I think we can meet the people who might really be into us. You know, I mean, that was always what you want just to get on with, uh, a band that's got longevity that doesn't matter what they put out. People are always going to come check it out. You know, that's who you look up to as a role model, not somebody who shows up for like a year or two, gets a couple mil and then whatever happened to those guys, you know, like, you know, that would be killer. I mean, just, and you know, just, you know, my main hope is for the good of the world. Is that literally we overcome this massive hurdle. We start getting things in check so that in 20 years, Miami isn't, you know, being visited, isn't like Venice where it's only boats floating around, you know, and that, you know, we start reversing the deregulation and we start getting the air quality a bit up so that if you have a pulmonary disease like COVID going around, people aren't already immunocompromised because they've been breathing in soot, you know, like I like to see all those things happen so that the world can get back on track and then bars and clubs can open, you know. And that, that would be the best thing, you know? I mean, it, it irks me that, like, you know, churches and synagogues and, and mosques, which are basically the same concept, you go in mass and you sing and you have your release, they're open, but the clubs aren't, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe all the clubs got to be like flaming lips and get little hazmat personal bubbles for everybody. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but my hope is that this ends so that we can get back to what we're doing. And in the meanwhile, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you just mentioned it too, and it just goes with the whole contradiction of everything that has occurred this year. You know, you know whether it was you know churches being open, um, you know now Florida's opening, you know, and this and that, and oh, we can go here, but only maximum of two hundred fifty people, or this, you know, football games are allowed to have people, but it's like whatever. And then at the same time, you know, one of the biggest points of the election was whether or not, you know, um, Biden was for or against fracking, which is causes fucking pollution. And, you know, it's like, we're in the middle of a pandemic, which but we need jobs, man. Exactly. I'm sorry, but there's always annoys this shit out of me. I don't remember anybody crying for the people at the fucking typewriter factory when the computer came out, you know, unfortunately things dry up things. I've lost two jobs during COVID. Like you have to, People got whatever the an American intrepid spirit. You know what I mean? Like, let me yeah. uh, let's shit. You know, the Black Hills dried up. I guess I'm going to California with the 49ers. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be some way to support. There's new skills, whatever. And yeah, there is an ageism in this country. It's hard to get a new skill if you've been, you know, doing something for 20 years. And you know, but at the same time, we can't keep just milking the past. We can't be subsidizing coal factories. To keep producing electric that they don't even need to produce because they're not even make, they're they're not even making any money. Like at that point, why are we doing this to ourselves? You know, like we got yeah. to the future. We used to lead the world innovation. We were on the moon. Like man, now 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 we can't even get down the highway, dude. Like it's it's yeah. And you know they're they're sitting there worrying about you know fracking when you know musicians like yourselves or you know and, and we, i know you're working a nine to no five, one cares about musicians dude and everyone's that's what I'm like no but seriously, everyone's like wow you guys have so much fun you roll around doing whatever exactly. like no trust me i don't want anyone crying for us either but it's like well no but i'm saying but it's not yeah. just y'all it's no, it's musicians industry, it's, yeah it's comedians it's dancers it's you know just entertainers in general yeah. but you know i mean if you take that portion of the the you know, the economy, that's a huge piece of the economy, sure. but yet they're, they're focusing on the coal industry, which is a dying thing. But you know, the, the one industry that literally, you know, funds, you know, look at, um, like the Super Bowl, for example, yeah. you know, how much money comes, you know, in annually just from that one event or WrestleMania, the same thing, you know, or the world series or, you know, all this other stuff. Or, you know, just a festival that... Well, know, WrestleMania is allowed to go on because the WWE is an essential business in America. So, you it know... It is that, now, yeah. And that's also pay-per-view. It's a different kind of setup, though. It's, as opposed to, you know, the World Series and Super Bowl just sell advertising. I mean, that's that's ultimately what it's all about. You know, they need all parties of people getting together, drinking beers and getting drunk so they can sell us a new Audi. You know, I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, that's yeah. how things work here. You know, Yeah, I, I still wonder what it's going to look like in February when the Super Bowl happens, you know, how many people are going to be there? Um, what kind of atmosphere it's going to be? Well, this I know the Jets anyway. aren't going to be there. I can say that much, at least right now. No, <laughs> and, 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 and neither will my two teams, the Browns or the, the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm there with you, bud. It's all right. Um, and, what's, and the the Patriots will be like, anyway. what's the name going to be? Maybe. Maybe. I've heard so many different things. Why are they called the Washington Monuments? That would be awesome. Like, the Monuments would be good. What I like is um, one of the ones that's been floating around is the Red Tails, um, which is like a um, George Lucas movie. 
No, well, yeah, um, because that was um, the yeah. nickname that the uh, Tuskegee Airmen had for themselves. Because um, they all had, the Tuskegee Airmen all had red tails on their planes. Um, so as an honor to them would be another one. So, you know, to keep the same colors, just with a different, you know, heritage. So that would be cool. But right now, they're still just kind of running with the Washington football team, which is the worst name ever, so they better not keep that. Why don't just call them the team? Like the Ohio State. They just own that. Just call it, we are the team. Like, that would be badass, you know? Yeah. The only team. The Ohio State. There you go. Make sure you say that. Just like that, too. (laughs) Shout out to Bernie's. I missed that place. That was one of our favorite places to play in Ohio, right across from the the Ohio State. It was a great great joint. Yeah, I'm originally from Ohio, spent the majority of my life in Florida, and then moved to the D.C. area about five years ago. Okay. Um, So, you know, I I still, I don't represent anything from Florida because Florida sucks, but I represent, you know, where I live and where I was born. So, um, Ohio State, the Browns, and uh, the the Nationals, and the the Washington. Oh, messy. Mets fan, dude. I can't get down with the Nationals, man. (laughs) Fuck Bryce Harper forever. (laughs) I don't know know he's on the team anymore. I don't even care. I hate him. You know, but you know the the Mets are just as bad as like the Reds, uh, the Red Sox, and the Nationals to where they'll win the World Series, you know, and then the next year not even make it into the playoffs. Yeah, the '87 Mets were, were a big step down from 1986. I can say that much. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, but it happens in in yeah. all sports. I mean, unless you're the cheating Patriots, you know. Other than yeah. that, you know. Well, yeah, but uh, hey, Brady's not doing so good now anyway with with the Buccaneers behind him. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, even Gronk came out of retirement to go play with them down in in Tampa, which I thought. Does was that weird. move ever work? Does that work for Brett Favre? Does that work for anyone? Like, this is the fucking it, I, running man. Like, you know, like, I think it worked for Brett Favre, but sold I, tickets. I, but I yeah, <laughs> but it, it did not work for Gronk. Gronk's only twenty eight years old. Nobody was buying that shit for a second. He's 28, Jesus. Yeah, I think I, I think he's only 28, 29. I thought I looked old. <laughs> if I'm if he's older than that, I I'd be surprised, but I thought I could have sworn he wasn't more he wasn't more than 30. Yeah. But still, I mean, yeah, because he, he even retired and signed a contract with the WWE and then gave that contract up to go play for the fucking the Buccaneers, which I thought was weird and it's like, so, why would you that's weird. So where are you right now? You're like around the Capitol Beltway like region? Like Um, I'm out I'm about an hour outside of DC, um, in uh Leesburg, Virginia, right outside of Maryland. Yeah, yeah I get gas there. <laughs> yeah, it's uh you know, I'm half an hour from Maryland, half an hour from uh West Virginia, hour outside of DC. I mean I, I got everything right where I'm at. And it's quiet. Um, you know, what I love about this area is it's not um, big business still. It's still, it's old money. Um, a lot of politicians, a lot of you know, you know the the, the Washington Football Team, the Nationals, those those types of people that live in this area, and it's all, you know, mom and pop stuff. You know, you know, breweries and wineries and. Just independent food and just it, it's a it's a real community. I, I love that. I don't want I don't want to see an Applebee's or a Walmart whenever I go to some place. Like that's what I want. Like I, I always love finding these cool little discoveries. You know, like yeah. I mean, we have a Walmart. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. but it's off the beaten path, hidden behind our um, our airport because we have a small little um, Leesburg airport. The you know just like a little you know 
uh, independent airport, but it's hidden back behind that airport. You cannot see it from any major highway, you know, and every big business is hidden behind something else. So, I mean, we have a Friday's, we have an Applebee's, but that's about it. Yeah. I, and I, 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 that's what I absolutely love, especially coming from, you know, Orlando area to where it, it's just like New York now. I mean, it's, I mean, it's not as bad, obviously, but. Well, you know, the it, traffic is just as bad. What was that Route 4? Oh, my God. Down there, it's uh, horrible. Uh, I for yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is the worst. Interstate, oh my god. Interstate four <laughs> is the worst. You know, people complain about here about the beltway and you know, about everything else, you know, in the DC area. But I'm like, guys, it is nowhere it I lived literally if it was if you follow the speed limit, thirty minutes away from Disney. But no joke, doesn't matter what time of day it was, it would take you two hours to get there. Yeah, my my parents moved down to Davenport, which is right around there, and it's it's uh, it's a commute. <laughs> I'll say that much, you know. Like, even in the middle of the night, it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my family still lives there. I have my mom and my dad, and my wife has her family and stuff like that. But I dread going down there. I mean, I she had to literally, you know, drag me by my ankles there last Thanksgiving because I just I did not want to go. Um, I just I I cannot stand it down there. I mean, it's so commercialized. It's so just everything. And living here for the last five years, it's just been peaceful. Well, I dread going to that. There's nothing worse than the Orlando airport, especially when you're trying to leave. The, the line, even with, uh, you know, I can't, I can't like reapply. But, you know, it's still that that issue with New York where we can't get uh, reinstated for our uh, pre-check, whatever. You know, it's, it's part of the Cuomo Trump feud, whatever. But any, regardless, it's like without that, you need that thing to get through that airport, or else you're just it's screaming children who didn't get to go on every ride at Disney around you, just spreading disease. <laughs> like, Yeah, that stuff. is the worst airport. I mean, even um, the big one near me is Dulles or Ronald Reagan. Yeah. You know, D.C. airports are better. I can get through Dulles in less than 20 minutes. I can get through Ronald Reagan in less than 10, even on a busy day. It, it's, it's, it's pathetic how badly, you know, um, IAD, you know, not IAD, um, MCO or the Orlando airport is, you know, it's just, it's just bad. Just bad. I'm so glad to not be there anymore. (laughs) The only, the only place I would ever put up with as far as commercialization and big like that would be either New York or, um, Chicago. But only New York, you have that, the big commercialization on the big avenues and in the malls, but you, there is no shortage of entrepreneurism, which blows my mind because renting a restaurant is $40,000 in, in a tiny neighborhood dive too. It's like, where are they getting the bank loans for this shit? And that's why it was like, it was killer for this disease, especially, I mean, you know, regular bars haven't reopened, only places that serve food. And there are some, the brewers can get around there with this caveat that they can sell chips, which now everyone calls Cuomo chips, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, you know, my favorite bar that I used to go to is place Planet X. Shout out to Seneca Ave. Um, I, it hasn't reopened, and it's just a bummer, you know. Like, how many people, like, especially places that just were opening, because new things were always coming to the avenues. Now this hits you, like, you put all this work into renovating a place, and then, nah, never even got to open. Like, it's, that's the killer. And, I you know. Regardless of, you know, I know everyone's fighting about the election, but I do think if things continue the way they are going with, you know, Biden won, whatever, fine. I think we'll see some money to businesses. I think we'll get something. I think, and this city needed it because the MTA, the trains, no one's riding them. And if we don't get funding for the subway, 
and, and that shit gets cut, that's when this city will really go into anarchy, you know, like, Oh yeah. Vital to have people moving around. You know, a lot of people do not have cars and if they can't get to their jobs, which a lot of them are pretty far, you know, it's, it's going to be a big issue. Companies going to move, you know, the damn daily news already left. It went to Jersey, you know, <laughs> yeah. Crazy <is> that? <laughs> it's, you know, this whole thing just needs to, you know, and I know that, you know, and we both can agree that, you know, nobody cares about the entertainment industry, but at the same time, it's, it's needed. Um, you know, same thing with the, the bar and restaurant industry, you know, in, in this area, um, our, our bars and our uh, breweries are actually doing home deliveries. Um, yeah. you, you go online and you order what you want. And if it's in within a certain distance, it's free delivery. They'll do it same day and yeah. uh, bring you your beer to your house. It's like fantastic. I love it. We, we got a service up here called tap room that does that. And they'll collect from other breweries and it's usually within like six, seven hours, you know, it's fantastic. Yeah. I used to um, subscribe to a, um, a uh, through the mail uh, brew, uh, a, I don't know if it was considered a brewery or whatever it was, but it was called Hops or Hopsy. And it was a at home keg machine and they would send you like six kegs a month and you would just pop it in and that business shut down because of COVID. And uh, then- uh, I figured that would be booming because you don't have to deal with anybody. People definitely want a kegerator, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still have my hopes that they come I want, back. I, want, I wonder if a business like that, though, had like a lot of their clients were like tech startups and commercial spots that now nobody's going to, you know, like. Yeah. And I don't think they actually brewed anything themselves. I think they contracted all their brews yeah. from other places throughout the country. Therefore, they can constantly have a rotating thing. So I think, you know, with other places, you know, shutting down and stuff like that, it just affected them directly. Mm. Um, but, you know, again, you know, the. I'm just going to say the industry and I'm going to refer to it as the, you know, the bar restaurant and entertainment industry. You know, it's, it's a lot of people's salvation, you know, going out with a buddy to go drink at a bar on a Friday night after a long week at work or going to see, you know, the next Marvel movie, you know, which by the way, I'm pissed off that I got to wait fucking almost two years for the next one, but whatever. Um, you know, on top of that, you know, not being able to go see a concert. You know, these or even a Broadway play. I'm, at this point, I'm not, I've never seen a Broadway play, but I would be begging to go see one right now. You know what I'm saying? Just because I'm sick and tired of watching Netflix. I'm sick and tired of watching Hulu. Yeah, I, I lived your dream, I think. Because the last show that I saw, I took my wife to, because she's a big Talking Heads fan. We went to Bro and saw David Burns' American Utopia. Oh, it was fucking unbelievably fantastic. And I was like, the last thing I think we got to go see. That wasn't like, like a smaller type show, like like a... And, but yeah, I mean, I do miss that. The, you, the, you miss the sound of a crowd, you know, like even when you're in the audience, the lights go down and it's like, ah, you know, like that exhilaration, that anticipation. We haven't had that. That's why we've been at each other's throats too. You know, people are sticking each other up for fucking toilet paper because they got no other outlet, you know? <laughs> like yeah. I mean, you know, and, before and, I started doing this, I was, a, I used I was used to be a musician and I used to be a professional wrestler. And I also used to, um, I still am a stand-up comedian. And what you just said really, really hit me right in my heart. That, that moment that you walk out on stage and that fucking crowd just goes absolutely ape shit is the biggest adrenaline rush. I know. That is un, you know, it's second to nothing. Nothing else can replicate that. I know. Even when you're the opener and they don't know who the fuck you are, it's still awesome. Because <laughs> they're still pumped that something's going to happen. 
you know, like it's great. You know, it's, it's an incredible thing. But when you hear, when you do, you feel that energy of like X amount, like a couple hundred, a couple thousand people yelling in your direction. It's incredible. And it's a tough thing to not have. Even even just having 30 people applaud, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's great. It's better than seeing a bunch of likes pop up on, uh, you know, on Instagram, you know, like, and just getting into it, having that in common again. And, you know, and it's the whole night out. It's just the, like I said, jumping on the subway to go get drinks to pregame to meet all your friends, then go to the show, then go grab something at like the all night bodega after, and then like, you know, dream beers and whatever, like, that whole thing is gone. Like, how much money were you spending? I mean, I definitely had a little more in my account. Although I did have to downgrade jobs to get whatever I could to survive, so I don't have as much in my account as I would have. <laughs> like, I guess there's always a there's always a give and take. I guess with everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, like last year when uh, the Accelerator Tour came, like we talked about earlier. You know, um, they didn't come to here; they went to ba- uh, Baltimore. So, you know, going to Baltimore is an experience in itself. So, you know, it's like, okay, so what can I eat in Baltimore? Where can I go drink in Baltimore that I can't get here in Leesburg? It's an hour away, but, you know, what, what, where can I get that's different? The so Inner Harbor only exists there. Yeah, of course. Exactly. So, you know, or I remember way back in the day um, when I was living in Orlando, there's a um, club um, in Jacksonville Beach called the Freebird Cafe um, that's owned by Ronnie Van Zant and family. Um, and, uh, it's about an hour and a half, it's about two hours away from Orlando. And we were like, we're going to be on Jacksonville beach. Let's just fucking go up there and, you know, make it a day of it. Yeah. And we went and ate at a, you know, mom and pop fish place. And then we went and saw kill switch engage 36 crazy fist nice. and kitty, um, which was a fucking killer fucking show. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget that show. Um, and, uh, you know, then we drove back home and had a great fucking night. It's a, it's an experience to go to a show, even a movie or a yeah. Broadway play. Yeah, I mean, just in that, I miss, of course, I miss travel. I miss going, I miss, like, being on tour and because, again, not just, like, the shows, but I've got friends in these cities that I want to see that I haven't gotten to, like, shake hands with and hug and see in forever. I know there's spots we like to go eat and drink all over the country haven't been able to visit, you know, like, and some of them aren't going to make it. And then, again, like, I, you know, I did a lot of traveling. I haven't left. This is like the longest I haven't left the country in a while. You know, like it's, it's weird. I feel trapped, you know? And then my, my, actually my um passport expired during this shit, mailed it in to get it renewed and state department. If you're out there, where is it, man? I'm still waiting for it back. <laughs> can't, I can't go anywhere. You know, it sucks. So, yeah. So you kind of bring up another good point there. Um, You know, you miss being on the road, but at the same time, you know, when you are on the road, it gets long you know, it gets, you know, you get burnt out from it. You know, it, have you considered this a good time to re, kind of refresh your batteries as far as that goes? It's weird, too. The first couple of days, I'm, like, not psyched. I'm always thinking about how far out I got to get. And then I settle in and I start enjoying the moment. And then by the end, I don't want to go home. So I'm kind of on that kind of tip, like, usually. I love my wife when I miss her. And I do love coming back to her, of course. But, you know, I do um, – yeah, I mean, I'm more eager to get into doing things again. I'm definitely more psyched to play shows than I had been. That I, I would agree with that point. You know, you start looking at your schedule and you're like, oh, I got to do all this. And then you're trying to figure out all the weddings and baby showers and gender reveal parties and other things you got to try to work your schedule around too and whatnot. Yeah. And, and hey, it's great. I'm not complaining. It's it's, it's awesome that to be invited and, and to people wanting to be a part of their lives, you know. Um, but just now, it's like the opposite. Now when there's like any event, everyone's going to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like and that's an interesting like change of pace, you know? Yeah. Um, and the reason why I ask that is because, you know, 
Um, I remember what it was like being on the road and it just, and you know, I miss it, but at the same time I don't at the same time. And then, you know, one of my favorite bands, um, one of New York's favorite bands, um, Coheed and Cambria, um, two years ago came out with, um, their album, Unheavenly Creatures. And on that album was a song called, um, Pavilion, The Long Way Home. And it was, it was a song about how. Claudio was talking about leaving the band and, you know, breaking up Coheed and Cambria, the whole nine yards. Um, and it, it's just, you know, his sorrows from being on the road all the time. Yeah. And, you know, it, it reminded me of the, the good and the bad of being on the road. And so, you know, now every time I talk to, you know, a band about it, I always bring up that song. And some people know it, some people don't. Um, but it's like, it, it just, it really hit home for me. And I know it hit home a lot of, for a lot of other people too, but especially for the Coheed fans that found out, holy shit, he was actually going to quit. Yeah. Um, and then, but then well, he he felt in the st- he he got a he got all of his aggression out in that song and in that album, which was my favorite album they ever did. Even well, that, you know, that's certainly a thing. I think everyone anyone can relate to being in that situation, being like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, and emoting. I mean, look, my band alone has had. 13 bass players. I mean, literally it, it's a tough life. It, it even, especially on the indie level, you know, I mean, at least Coheed, you know, they're, they're a globally known band and they've been, they're kind of, they got in before the big crunch. They were still on MTV. They still had a lot of shit going on, you know, favorite house Atlantic shot at, uh, the old Molly blooms in Amityville, Long Island, you know, yep. the room that we've played through all of its incarnations because it changes names. And unfortunately his latest place, it was called his revolution just closed down during COVID. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, there's always, you know, I, I miss being out there. I don't miss those like nights where you just drove the van for like two hours and you want to crash out and there's four of you staying in one room cause it's all you can afford and everybody's wired and partying still. <laughs> and like, you know, you gotta be the old man cause you have to sing and you have to have a voice, you know, the next day, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, there's more pressure on you for that. But, um, yeah, yeah, but I, but then you look back and you miss it too. It's always grass is always greener no matter what you're doing. I mean, oh, a hundred percent. And and then you always find out the grass isn't that green on the other <laughs> side too. But then it, it goes back and forth. We don't learn. We're we're we still are genetically. You know, I don't think we've evolved that much since since you know the cavemen are realistically. You know, our minds oh, no. are still programmed to just impulsively want things and you know society trains us to have discipline and whatnot but i mean your thoughts go where your thoughts go you know what i mean like kind of i don't think we've evolved that much as our technology has you know oh yeah if anything i think we've gotten dumber through the years (laughs) and if anything i think we've we've lost sight of like that humanity in in this era where like people are having all their conversations like this. I mean, this is at least better because we're in real time. It's closer to a phone call. We see each other. We can like understand it. But like when you're you're, um, responding to someone, whether you're you're liking what they do on Facebook or you're getting involved in the vitriol or whatnot, it's just, you see the little face of the way that they want to represent themselves and whatever they wrote and you writing it. And it's like so much gets lost in translation. So many people can read things so differently. And I mean, I, you know, I, I was victim of it. And I was my own fault involved in it, you know. I, we just got to get away from that, you know. I took a big long break from the social media until the record was coming out, like where I just, man, I, I spent time thinking about responding to people's stupid comments. Why? I'm not going to change their fucking mind. Like, what's the point, you know? Like, yeah. 
Yeah. I could be like, hey, man, you're, maybe that's not true. Maybe here's some educational things you want to look into, but you don't care. You just want to be right. So it doesn't matter anyway. You know? Exactly. Yeah. You know, you can't fight a troll. Um, you, you can't outwit a troll. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. You can't outsmart a troll, but you can outwit them. Yeah. But also, a lot of people, are they really trolls? Are they just, I think a lot of people are just angry about their own lives. They've got a lot of trauma from childhood because you grow up in America. You're having a crazy childhood. I mean, look, mine was pretty good, but I never, I got out of high school before there were mass shootings. I'm pre-Columbine, you know what I mean? So like, I didn't have to worry about any of that kind of shit. But even then, I still have things to look back on that probably made me a bit malcontent with life. And I think what it comes down to is everyone just got their inner things that they're just expressing out and they're picking a team that they align with, you know, and it's, it's, it's the team of anger or the team of like therapy, you know, and I don't know, you know. I, th- yeah. I think we all got to just maybe cry a little more. I don't know. Like, it might be better for all of us. Let some of that shit go, you know? I'm trying to remember now. I was like, Columbine was either junior or senior year for me in high school. It was 98. I was in college. <laughs> that's, oh, that's so, you're older. <laughs> so you're older than I am. Okay. I know. Yeah, I, I can feel it in my knees. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, trust me. I, I, I feel it too. I, I feel 60 most days. I mean, I spent, like I said, 12 years as a professional wrestler. Um, you know, I've broken my neck twice. Oh, um, I've got hip issues. Um, I got knee issues. I mean, I've got shoulder. I'm, I'm, I'm a 39 year old man going on 72. I do appreciate that you've had that major injury and you still came back and did it again after that. You know, like I, I jacked up my elbow skateboarding and I'm like, I've barely touched it since. So, I mean, I commend you that level. Well, you know? I, I, well actually, you know, so that's not a hundred percent accurate. So I broke my neck and came back and wrestled for like a month. I was too scared because I was just afraid of doing it again, um, even though I was 100% cleared and I was done. I actually rebroke my neck going on two years ago next month. Um, I was laying in bed with my wife, and the mechanics in my neck actually gave out, and I oh. and I sneezed and rebroke my neck. So a fucking sneeze knocked out the mechanics in my neck and broke my neck again. Um, sneeze is clocked to like 110 miles an hour, right? So it can do it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I had a second surgery um, in March of 2019. So it'll be, it's coming up on, you know, um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it was bad. It was bad. How come but, they haven't uh, figured out like, like an interface where we could like sneeze into our fucking phone port and it charges it, you know, off the wind power? <laughs> like, what? How is that not a fucking thing? Were, were you wasting all this turbine that we got in our lungs? <laughs> um, I remember something to where a company was trying to put like a magnetic type charger in your phone to where as you're walking near power lines, you can actually absorb the, the, uh, the residual electricity in the air into well, your phone. Yeah. As opposed to just absorbing the cancer, you get something positive <laughs> out of it. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. You know, if we're going to get cancer, might as well charge our phone at the same time. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, but a, a wind turbine sneeze charger for your phone. That is a billion dollar idea. Yeah, I better, I better, shit, we better take this down. <laughs> We're going in on it, man. <laughs> better put that in the patent office right away. I know. Oh my God, that'd be fucking hilarious. Flem port, dude. Let's get it going. <laughs> Most, uh, you know. Most phones are, you know, waterproof or, uh, you know, water resistant at this point. So, you know, might as well make them snot proof too. 
But I don't get why they just don't charge off of us, like in the Matrix, how we're the battery for the machines. Like, I mean, not I know not everybody's getting their thousand steps a day in, but they, they should be able to run them like 500, you know? Like, I don't know. Surprised that we don't have this more of a bio friggin' symbiosis than we do, you know? You know, I thought for sure by like 2020, like the screens would be in our eye visors or something, you know? Well, they were supposed to be, but Google Glass fucked that up. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's, there's always yeah, a first dimension of everything that doesn't work out so good. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I think even now Amazon has come out with something, but it doesn't show you pictures. It just, it's basically an Alexa inside of your glasses, um, which is kind of cool. And uh, so who knows what the next, but honestly, I'm waiting yeah, for. It's going to be popular movie. with sex offenders, man. I don't know. <laughs> 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 See some people doing weird stuff on the street. You're going to know what they're watching by the way they're acting. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, however, I'm waiting for the next Matrix movie to come out. Because um, that right there, after everything we've been through in the last couple of years, that shit is going to trip most people out. Because you know damn well they're going to fuck with our heads. How forward-thinking do you think Wachowski's are now? I watched Sense8. I thought that was a really good concept. So I don't know what, what they've learned and what they're going to apply forward. I mean, you know, I didn't. I didn't love the second two, like Matrix two and three, and then I was like deliriously fucking sick from a stomach virus one time, where I just lay there and like all three of them were on in a fucking row, like on fuse with commercials, and I just couldn't even move, and I just kind of zoned into it. And I'm like, oh, these are actually pretty well executed and really bright. And I'm like, I just, you know, now that I was older and had had more life experience, like they resonated a bit more, you know, and like yeah, they were. I, I, you know, I had much more experience with the technical jargon at this point. Now we've all become more cybernetic in the last decade, you know? So that, that was interesting. I mean, it'd be interesting to see where it goes. I mean, I don't know how they're going to bring him back. Like are they replicate him I and mean, they did kill him at the end. He absorbed Smith. If he comes back does Smith, come back. I mean, you know, like an alien four, when they cloned Sigourney Weaver and she's part alien because the queen was in her stomach in three, you know, like, how's it going to be? I, or, you know, they could pull a, uh, uh, you know, a John Carpenter and completely ignore all the other sequels and write, you know, you know, Holly, you know, Halloween, you know, 2018 and say, oh, two, three, four, five, six, and seven never fucking happened. Well, so we're just going to start fresh. Yeah, that's what the Rise of Skywalker just did. <laughs> they didn't make yeah, it. What, what last Disney, Jedi? What a- but even Disney's going to retcon all that. They're going to retcon all those movies and try start over again. Well, that's how you continue to tell new stories, though. Like, they'll do that. There's always going to be, like, so some background character that is super important because of the thing that happened, and it's like that Rick and Morty heist episode, you know? It goes back to it, you know? Oh, God. It is what it is. I mean, (laughs) whatever. We got the Mandalorian. That's all that matters. Oh, my God. That's that's what I wanted the prequels to be. That's what everyone kind of thought it was going to be. And you know what? I do. I, I accept what he did. I enjoy the. They were my favorite movies, but it was a it was a vision. It was his idea, and he completed it. It's the only thing I agree with Kanye West about that. Like those were, were not too bad. I don't like movies created by committee. It's why the new ones aren't that good. It's why the DC universe is garbage. It's like DC you can't you can't have have you can't have a boardroom dictating a fucking story. Could you imagine that? Imagine yeah. reading a True Jordan adventure book with nine motherfuckers telling you what page to go to. Like yeah. like. Yeah, and that's why I love what um, Marvel does with Disney. You know, you know, Kevin Feige. You know, you're in charge. Just do whatever the fuck you want. Just make sure you follow yeah. Disney rules. Unless the Twitter trolls don't get into high of an uproar and fire James Gunn. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. But they brought him back. 
Yeah. So but, he, he's going to be in part. Of, he's going. He's doing um, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah. So that that works. Um, but Marvel, they have had they have had to compromise and capitulate to the culture of Disney to some degree. That's why we don't have an Edgar Wright movie. That's why certain things, you know, um, you know, certain people get like taken off of certain things and whatnot. You know. Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting to find out what they're going to do with Ryan Reynolds. You know, I heard that they're going to dumb him down to maybe PG thirteen, but at the same time, I've heard. Well, that, that makes no. Why would you? <laughs> but I've heard that they're only going to do that when he's in movies with other Avengers. So, like, so if he's if he's going to be in an Avengers movie, he's going to be a member of the Avengers. They'll dumb him down to PG thirteen. However, uh-huh. if he's going to have his own, so like when Deadpool three comes out, gotcha. what I've heard they're going to do is they're going to let him do his own thing. However, they're not releasing it under the Disney banner. They're going to release it under the Fox banner because they can do that. They own that name. And so, they're, therefore, it's not technically a Disney movie. It's so stupid, though, because you have Deadpool appearing in these movies as Deadpool Light. Kids are still going to want to go see it. They're going to they're still going to see the advertising of this thing that they're that they're not going to be barred. They're going to be barred from seeing. It's stupid. It's just stupid. it is. But racism is stupid. We'll it's the most violent, crazy country in the world. Like I don't think movies are making us any fucking crazier. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, and in you know, in Endgame last year, I mean, you had a. You know, you had uh, Chris Evans, you know, uh, complimenting his own ass. So, you know, if they can do that, they can pretty much do whatever they want with with, uh, with that. He was complimenting America's ass. Let's be clear. America's ass. It's true. He's like, yeah, that is America's ass. (laughs) Such a great fucking movie. I just watched that for like the hundredth time this past Saturday. I can't get enough of that fucking movie. I liked it. I caught it. I caught it like three times. It's it's a good airplane movie, especially like, I mean, I was saw in the theater the first time, but yeah. When you're flying to a faraway land, it's a good way to kill three hours on an eight-hour flight, you know? So. Yeah, see, I'm a, I'm a hardcore, um, hard, I mean, I've been a hardcore uh, Marvel guy for 30-plus years, since I was seven years old, I think it was, when I picked up my first Spider-Man comic. So, you know, watching those movies and then watching Endgame was like reliving my childhood and reading every single book at, at one time. So, like, you know, Endgame, honestly, is like my favorite movie of all time now. Just because, you know, just it was everything that I wanted it to be and more. It's funny. I got really like, only comics years ago. And I kept, like, two or three of them because I just always loved the art of it. And I still have one hanging up in, in my hallway back there. And it's fucking New Mutants 98. Thank God I didn't get rid of that shit. First Deadpool. Still got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking A. That's going to be worth Not collector grade. Sorry, I read it when I was a kid. And who fucking knew, you know? I know, but still, it's going to be worth something one day. It still is. I looked it up on eBay. It was like going for three to four digits. So in its condition. So I was like, yeah, awesome. You know? Hell yeah. So drive your happy ass down to, you know, um, Jersey and go, you know, visit, you know, Kevin Smith's and see what Yeah, yeah. Secret staff. Dude, I'll tell you, man, I look at, I'm on Instagram just fucking around and I see like these, these like pages of all like toys and shit from the 80s that I had that I got rid of and the prices they're going for. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> like, I should have known because that's the way it was in the 60s. I just needed to hold things for a little longer, you know? Like, I kept some things. I was smart, but oh my God, all the things I had over the years. Who fucking yeah. knew some of these like third tier properties that anybody, everyone forgot about are going to be going for so much money? It's crazy. Yeah, I had, um, it's probably not worth, I haven't looked it up because I, I don't want to look it up because I'm scared. Um, but like, like I told you before, I was, I, I collected, I was first a, a Spider Man guy, and that's all I read, and then I started branching out. And I had the first appearance of um, Venom, 
because you know when back in the late '80s or mid mid to late '80s is when he was wearing the black suit all the time, yeah. and then it, it broke off and he became Venom. But I had the first appearance of Venom um, comic book, and I had a, and I lost it somewhere, you know, after I left high school or something like that, and I was like shit. Yeah. And now looking back on that comic, now it's like thirty some years old. It I would know. have been thirty years old. It's like how much money would that be worth? I know I had it. I had it the fucking the bell tower. When the black suit gets into Eddie, I had it. I know I fucking had carnage. I had them all dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to know what that comic book's worth right now. Um, but I, but I, I, ever since then, ever since I lost mine, I, I've looked for that comic book again. I've every comic book I buy gets, you know, I read it once and I put it away and I, I don't touch my shit at all. Um, the I only time I look at him now is like I like I you know I don't I got no space for things living in an apartment in New York. I mean, my wife wants me to get rid of even more stuff, but there, I, I do find some like websites where you can like find the scans and read them, and it's like pretty cool. Go back and check things out, you know. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> oh, I subscribe to uh, uh, Marvel Comicsology, um, which is you know you can for like ten bucks a month. Read as much comic books as you want, but it's it's on your, you know. Oh, so it's like a Spotify for comics type thing. Yeah, and it's only Marvel. Yeah, it's um fantastic, um and it's made by Marvel too, so it's not like illegal or anything. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's fantastic. So you know what I do is I'll you know keep up with the stories if I can't make it to the, you know, the comic book store. But if it's like a really good issue, I'll find a way to go, um, yeah. go buy it and stuff like that. So I, I'm keeping up that way. Um, just because there's so much out there now. I mean, back in the day, you didn't have five different fucking versions of, you know, Spider-Man. Now you do. And, and you know, you didn't have, you know, two different versions of Captain America and everything else like that. And, you know, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I can't. I love that Spider-Verse movie, man. I ate a gummy and that thing was the best thing ever. It was so, <laughs> it was so much fun. Oh my God. That's another one too. I mean, that was the first thing Sony ever did right for a Marvel movie. Um, no, Venom was awesome, dude. I don't care. I loved it. Well, Venom was after, wasn't it? Yeah, Venom well, was I mean, after. You that. could be right. I don't know. Yeah, I but, didn't see it till after. Maybe, maybe that's that's the point. I only yeah. saw it on TV because everyone but, uh, said it sucked, and then I loved it. Like, yeah, Venom was good. I actually, yeah, I actually liked that one. Um, but yeah, they haven't done a good one since the uh, an, uh, not Andrew Garfield, um, Tobey Maguire Spider Man Two, because Spider Man Three sucked. But yeah, I only saw it once. I didn't. I didn't mind the Andrew Garfield one. I only saw the first one, but I, I didn't hate it. The first one wasn't horrible. The second one was. Yeah. At that, that point, I would have watched anything Emma Stone was in, so that was fine. But um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, I still would. Uh, she was great in Zombieland too. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I liked it. I, I definitely, you know, sometimes when the sequels come out so long after the original, they kind of lose their luster. Like Sin City too was just too much time had passed and no one cared. Yeah. But yeah, I, I liked Zombieland. It was, it was a good. We watched it during the quarantine. It was a good, like, yep, catch-up movie, you know. Yeah, it was just one of those movies that you waited so long to see, and you were like, you know, it, it's going to be good or it's going to be bad, whatever. But it was just fun to watch. <laughs> um, I only saw it the one time. And I, I want to see it again just because I, I don't remember much about what happened. But it was fun to watch, and I, I don't remember saying anything negative. I don't oh. remember being super happy about it either, but it was just, it was fun. Well, when they meet their doppelgangers, and it's like the fucking guy from Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> like the best, like <laughs> it was, yeah. That that, like I said, it was great. The, yeah, just fantastic, just fantastic, dude. I could talk to you all fucking night. <laughs> yeah, 
Because <laughs> I didn't realize how much we had in common. No, that's fantastic. That's that's great. Um, that's what this podcasting platform is all about. Realizing we all have so much in common, man. Yeah, you know, like- and, and that's what I love about the way I do it too. Because I don't I don't follow a script. Obviously, um, it's conversation based. Everything yeah. I ask you is based off your your previous answer. So you know. And that's the way you can get the best conversations and the best podcasts out there. So I'm glad that we had this, we were able to do it like this and, you know, really kind of get to know each other and get my fans to know who you guys are. And hopefully your fans will learn who I am and everything else in between. So, oh, yeah, man. Always down to come back, of course, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I can't wait for you guys to start touring and you guys need to come down to the Baltimore, maybe DC area. And I will come rock out to your show and we'll do a live, we'll do a live uh, interview too. Hell yeah, man. I'm definitely into it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I know, you know, we, uh, we had, you know, the world's almost over is out right now. Yes, it is. And then, um, it's hard. Things are always in flux. It's really hard to say. I know there are more things coming to keep the conversation going. There's going to be another second single from the upcoming record, probably in January, but there may be something that drops before that. It's not in my hands, unfortunately, but you know, that's marketing and whatnot. But I know the album is done obviously cause I, I have it on my phone and it's going to come out, you know, in 2021, and hopefully by that point, we're able to do something. We push it a little bit further than we would have liked to, to hopefully have the opportunity to give it to the people in live person to some degree, you know. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, and again, I'll be more than happy to bring you guys back when you guys release that and when everything else, man, because I, I, I had a blast with you guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, but um, take it easy. Take care of your wife. Stay safe. And uh, I wish your bandmates nothing but the best of luck in the new year, bro. Oh, thanks so much, man. Thanks again for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Dude, it was a fucking blast. I Hell yeah, it. man. Great meeting, man. Peace. You Later. Too. All right, peace. All right, guys. So that was our Tuesday. I hope you enjoyed the conversation, because I know I fucking did. Um, all of the links for Black Suit Youth are in the description of the video and in the description of the podcast. Please make sure you go and follow them and click their links and stream their music because they fucking deserve it. Also, ladies, it's getting to be that time of year. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's almost Christmas time. Buy your man some Manscaped. Right here. Manscaped.com. Use promo code SuckItPodcast for 20% off. Tell your man to shave his junk. And then use some ball deodorant while you're at it. Great, great company, Manscaped. Again, use promo code Sucker Podcast for 20% off. And BetterHelp, as always. BetterHelp.com forward slash SIPod for 10% off your first month. BetterHelp is the best app out there for mental health-related issues. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You can listen, talk to anybody you need to. They're fantastic. Um, I'm very, very proud to have both these sponsors with me today and for the foreseeable future so definitely check take a look at them and check them out and help support the show but tomorrow tomorrow i have tyler from lonely youth with me tomorrow uh we recorded that episode yesterday it was a fucking blast then um so check that out i'll release that tomorrow sometime around five or six tomorrow um but yeah check that out Lonely Youth, fantastic, fantastic band. Um, I really enjoyed talking to him and kind of going from there. And then Thursday, I cannot remember who I have on, but it should be another, it's another band. I know that much. 
Um, but it's going to be a fantastic conversation, as it always fucking is. And um, quick little announcement. Going forward, um, no longer Monday through Friday, just Monday through Thursday. Um, so four episodes a week. For the time being, I'll eventually go back to five episodes a week um, in the future. But right now, through the holidays at least, um, just Monday through Thursday, um, four episodes a week, 8 p.m. East, 5 p.m. Pacific, and always available on the podcast the next day. So, until tomorrow, with Lonely Youth, take care, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, stay fucking heavy. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace.